the end zone, and it is caught. Adolf here. Jump. Down inside. With the silent count. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Hallers. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest where we give you consumable dynasty perspective. I'm Wyatt and today I am with a man who needs no introduction but I'm going to give him one anyways. You can find his content at Yahoo and Football Guys. He is the king of all thirst, man of thirsty Thursdays. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at TKingMode. Troy, how you doing? Man, why? Thank you so much for that introduction, man. I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm glad we finally get to do this. We're very overdue. And again, I feel like we talk every single day, but I'm glad we finally get to pod together. So yeah, I'm ready yeah. for the show. Yeah, long time coming for this one. Now, we're going to be talking lessons learned. We've been doing this series with our guests, talking about the lessons they've learned for Dynasty from this past season. But before we get there, as always, we like to have a little fun with our guests and kind of give them a, a would-you-rather type of question, except I'm changing it up a little bit for you because your favorite team, the Miami Dolphins, just got their brand new head coach. So really, I want to know what you think about Mike McDaniel. I'm actually very excited. I would say that given the situation we were in and with all the drama that came out, I was scared nobody was going to want the job. Mm -hmm. But now, because the people that I wanted during the offseason were either Mike McDaniel or Brian Dable. So then obviously going to get that Brian Dable, so I'm very, very happy with Mike McDaniel. Now, the knock on him is that he didn't actually call plays, but you can see reports about how well-respected he is. He was the offensive coordinator. He saw what he did with Jimmy G. And I believe that he could only be a positive influence. And right now, it's the NFL is trending towards the younger coaches, the more innovative coaches. And he happened, and from what I've seen in reports, he was very involved with like the depot usage, you know? And like, I don't know who on the Dolphins is going to be able to, yeah, everyone's looking for the next depot, right? Like, oh, who, who, can, who can do that? No yeah, there's Dolphins, no another depot. <laughs> there's, there's no double depot, but you can use receivers similar to depot. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say it like that, right? And we've yeah. seen, it's like last year, we saw Jalen Waddle like be, you know, in the backfield and, you know, put in multiple positions. So obviously he's not anything like Debo in terms of stature, but you can be creative with him. And everyone wants to talk about Lynn Bowden and it could be the next Debo. Well, he's athletic. We'll see. But I'm, I feel like the offense was honestly the thing that held the team back, unfortunately. Let's be honest. Like for last year and the year before that, the offense was always a problem, especially mm -hmm. the run game. And it had a lot to do with our offensive line being absolutely horrible. <laughs> so I'm hoping that, you know, we fix our offense. We got to figure out who our defensive coordinator is going to be. But our defense ho hopefully should at least be fairly solid. But as long as we fix our offense, I think the Dolphins, we're not going to win the division with the Bills. But at least if we could come second place, a wild card team, that's the goal, to be a wild card team. Yeah, I, I really like the hire. Uh, he's been attached to a lot of really good offenses, a lot of innovative offenses. And, you know, the knock of not calling plays, I don't care about that at all. He's the head yeah. coach. He doesn't need to call the plays. Exactly. He'll, he'll hire somebody to call the plays for him and run the system he wants. That, that whole head coach having to call plays, things when they're an offensive coach, I, I don't, I'm not into it at all. I don't think it matters. I think that's why you see a lot of special teams uh, coaches go to become great head coaches because they're just really good organizational people and know how to put people in the correct spots. They don't need to, you know, worry about who's calling plays. They just find the exactly. right person to do it. Exactly. Now, past that, let's move on to our main subject, lesson learned. Troy, 
What was your lesson learned for Dynasty from this past year? So I guess that's two parts. So one of my lessons learned is get your guy. So for example, when you're in a startup draft, a lot of times, you know, you people preach, you know, value, value, value. And that's great. You know, it's great to get value, but sometimes if you're too patient, you see your guys go. Because, you know, again, you only have so many draft spots, right? So sometimes if you're playing, you know, if you're playing it safe, you see the guys that you really want go because what maybe they're like a spot or two too early, right? And then you end up regretting it. And what I always say too is that the cheapest that these guys are going to be are during the startup, right? So don't be afraid to reach for your guys and don't be afraid of criticism. And I think that's a lot of times like, oh, we don't want our league mates to roast me or oh, he took them too high. Who cares? Because after the draft, it doesn't matter, right? Like right. next year when the season starts, no one cares where you drafted this person in the draft. So that's one thing. As well as, and also part of that, I'm going to kind of, I have a multiple lessons learned. So I'm going <laughs> to add to it. So Another thing that I did, and you know, with Dynasty or whatever, or redraft, normally I always went tight end late. Like that was always my strategy. Then last year I actually switched it up and went tight end early. It actually did not work out for me at all. You know, because it did Darren Wallers, you know, Kittles, like obviously they got injured and all that, but that's another thing I'm not gonna do. I'm gonna go back to my late tight end strategy because that just worked for me. But my other lesson learned that I was originally going to say is don't try and win trades. Because I think what happens so many times, I see this on Twitter all the time. It's like, who won this trade? Who cares if it won, who won the trade? It's like, does this trade benefit? Because one, really a trade supposed to be mutually beneficial for both parties. Right. That's what a trade's supposed to be, right? And then by the same time, I'm like, you know, not everything is going to be equal, but there has to be some reason you're making the trade, not just to get one over on somebody. Because if your goal is to get one over on somebody, you're not doing trading properly. And then most likely you're not going to find a good trade partner in the future because they know you just sent horrible trades. So the one thing I've had to do is like, I've had to realize, and you know, I'm, and now like, I wasn't necessarily trying to win the trade, but like, I wouldn't always give the greatest offer first. <laughs> I'll say it like that, right? You know, kind of like negotiating. But now what I've been doing is like, I try to give, maybe not my best offer, but like a really solid offer of from the start. Because I'm like, look, I want this guy. You're not going to give him to me for free. So let's, let me try to sweeten the deal. So that's another thing that I learned this off season, this season. I, I love what you brought up about this list, last part that you just brought up about when you're approaching trades to just give a good offer right off the bat you know and especially in dynasty you're going to be with theoretically you're going to be in this league with these people for a while so you want to build that relationship with them sending bad trade offers is not how you build a good relationship with somebody mm -hmm. who's going to help or make them want to trade with you later send them a real trade get the conversation really going you know have respect for your trade partner basically and exactly that, you know with this whole winning a trade thing the only only time it matters if you want to trade is if you think you won that trade doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Like you said, go get your guy. If you believe in somebody, it doesn't matter if a trade calculator says you overpaid for him because you got the person you wanted in that trade. That person may go on to do bigger and better things and now be worth more than what they, you know, you paid for him. And also to add to your point, people don't win championships by playing it safe or again, trying to get one over somebody like 
you do it to take risk, right? So even in the, cause sometimes when you, when it comes to trades, most likely, again, people aren't just going to give you people for free. So you're going to have to give something up to get something. And sometimes it doesn't feel that great, right? Maybe you really mm -hmm. like a guy, but to get someone you like even better, you got to give up one of the guys you like. And at that moment, it might not feel great, but you know what? You got to risk it for the biscuit. If the goal is championship, right. then you can't, again, no one wins championships playing scared. So that's another minute. I mean, don't just sell your whole team, but like, yeah. just realize that you can't play coy and expect, oh, I'm just going to not take risk or be really, you know, safe and win championships. That just doesn't work all the time. Another thing I want to touch on that you brought up that I thought was interesting is you're saying, you know, your experience with tight ends from this past year, and you're <laughs> going to revert back to that strategy of, of going late. And I think that's something that's really important for people too, is that um, people will say a certain strategy is best, but really the strategy that's best is the strategy that's best for you. Some people are just more comfortable with certain draft strategies, know what to do with them, when to look for certain players at certain positions with those draft strategies. If people tell you, oh, this is the year to go early at tight end, doesn't mean you need to do that if you don't feel comfortable doing it. Always do what you think is best for you. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, to add to that, just, just overall just being flexible, right? Because for me, I'm a huge running back guy. Like I love my running backs, but at the same time, you have to kind of go with the flow of your draft. Like if you're in a startup, right? Because sometimes the best move, I'm not just going to grab a running back just to grab a running back. Like if I see a great receiver that just happens to fall to me, like T Higgins, for example, right? Like I'm going to take advantage of that. Like oh, if he falls to me in the right spot and also it, your league settings, no. Another thing that a lot of people don't do is like they don't necessarily pay attention to the league saying like for example we'll talk about tight end premium right i think sometimes people overemphasize tight end premium if it's like a two-point premium mm -hmm. obviously that's a lot different than like a half a point right you don't gotta right. like draft the 20 tight ends if it's only half a point like, it doesn't make that big of a difference in the grand scheme of things or if it's three wide receivers I don't know if necessarily you need to go super running back heavy early if it's a three wide receiver lead, you know? So it's just like people, I think sometimes don't fall into the habits. Like I just mentioned, I like going late tight end. I do, but at the same time, it's like, I'm gonna look at my settings and I'm gonna adjust based off the settings and how the rest of my league is drafting too. Yeah, it's always important to be able to stay flexible in your drafts. Uh, a friend of ours, Nate, as we both know, Nathan GN on, yes. on Twitter, we're currently in a best, best ball dynasty draft and the man has gone old dusty RBs, something he doesn't normally do, but that's the way draft fell for him. He got, he got value on D Dalvin Cook. He got value on Derrick Henry. And all of a sudden he looks at his team and goes, okay, well now this is not, I know what I'm doing. And now he's got this draft going where it looks like he's going to be a juggernaut in year one and take us all out because these players fell to him and he was able yeah. to adjust his strategy. So you have to always be ready to adjust to whatever the people around you are doing. Absolutely. Now, speaking of going and getting your guys, do you have any players in mind in particular that were guys you went out and got this past year? I would say yes. So, like, for example, like, even before, like, the breakout, I mean, Jalen Waddle. Like, Jalen Waddle was, <laughs> Jalen Waddle, was, he, was, he was my guy, like, early in the season. I was in the Dolphins draft, and oh my God. 
this this is my dude right because yeah. i i always liked him because i'm not i don't do debbie but i remember like when i watched him out man i'm like yo this guy's just different and then you see all these people ranking i'm like oh this guy's the 10th best wide receiver he's not like you know seems you know because it's not like people that like people just kept fading him i like not fading him entirely but they kept putting all these other people like Terrence marshall over him right <laughs> like oh like people who in rashad bateman who Obviously, he got hurt. He, you know, he could, he should have a better year. But like some guys like that, and like there's something about Jalen Waddle I always liked. And then I try to get him where I could, and obviously it worked out. And like in all my startups now, I try to get me some Jalen Waddle. So I would say him. Uh, other guys that I think are just my guys. I would say last year was Darren Waller, but that didn't work out so well for me. I think yeah, that was a tough one. My, one of my best, I say my best call in terms of guys that I got was Leonard Fournette. So Leonard That's Fournette was, so I'm never going to forget it because I, I know I'm wrong. I got a lot of things wrong last year. But with Leonard <laughs> right. Fournette during best ball, I remember when like Rojo was going like three rounds ahead of him. And I just kept scooping him up in like the 10th round, like 11th round, right? Because nobody wanted Leonard Fournette, even though he was – Playoff Lenny Lombardi Lenny, nobody wanted Leonard Fournette for some reason. So I just took advantage of him. I right, give me him. I'm, I'll take all the shares. And then it worked out very, very well for me, you know? And so I would say that he's probably my other guy. Yeah, man. Leonard Fournette, that's one of my lost players from last year. Going into the offseason, I was team Fournette over Ronald Jones. And as the offseason went on, I heard all the Ronald Jones talk. It got in my head, and I ended up putting Ronald Jones up above the Fournette, and I suffered because of it. That was a tough one. I mean, also, you know, he's younger. You know, there's reasons to be optimistic about Rojo. It just never came to fruition. And then Jalen Waddell. I, I love Jalen Waddell because, you know, in the NFL, we've seen him as this PPR monster. But in college, he was known as the big play guy, right? So we haven't even seen that part of his game really in the NFL yet. So what happens when he's able to do that in the NFL? What happens when Mike McDaniel starts setting this up for him to really get these big plays going? Oh, you know, and it's funny. I love that you mentioned that, right? Because I feel like that that's not being talked about enough. You should probably tweet that tomorrow or about this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious because I feel like that's not talked about enough. Yeah, because, you know, he, he had like the second most receptions of any rookie this past year. And again, like he wasn't known for that. They, the Dolphins used him all over the field, but he could be, I'm not going to say he's going to be Chase, but he's going to be Chase-esque, like with this big plays. Like he has the ability. He's ridiculously fast. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, the offense just wasn't designed to get the ball down the field to him often. But if they do that this upcoming year, he could ease. He's one, he could, he's already has the ability to be a wide receiver one but if he starts getting used like that we're talking <laughs> top eight we voted yeah. we're playing with top eight here so we'll yeah. see it's the future is bright for him maybe maybe miami can actually get some offensive line help and give to us some time to really drop back and launch it deep <laughs> i mean we'll see i think we have like the 28th or 29th pick so i don't know if we're gonna go linebacker we're gonna go old line we'll see but we Desperately, we we need to do. We need to sign some veteran. We need to sign mm -hmm. veteran offensive linemen because, oh, and also Jesse Davis was like the worst offensive <laughs> lineman in history. Oh my gosh! If you saw any tape of him and how horrible he was with blocking, like he kept getting to a kill. Just <laughs> FYI, <laughs> just an open door. <laughs> he was a complete open door. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, Troy, this has had been a blast. This was a lot of fun. I'm really happy you were able to come on with me. 
Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug before you get out of here? Um, I would say yeah, just check out my YouTube. Um, you can find it at TK Mode. Just so, you know, like and subscribe there. You can follow me on pretty much every social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at TK Mode. You can find me there. And yeah, you're going to see a lot of content on football, guys. Yahoo, you should see my content back in the when the next season comes, regular season, you should save my content back on Yahoo. But during the off season, you should find my work at Football Guys. All right. Now, after you're done liking and subscribing to Troy's uh, YouTube channel, you can like and subscribe our YouTube channel at jwvfantasyfootball.com. You can find the rest of our content at jwvfantasyfootball.com. And you can find me on Twitter at yb underscore ff. And I'll see you next time.